once again. Yeah, so what's going on, man? Uh, well, we just left the movie theater. Yeah, that, that happened. Yeah, it was worth a dollar fifty to see the uh, remake of Pet Cemetery. I wouldn't buy it on DVD. I wouldn't uh, own the movie, but for a dollar fifty to see it in a theatrical setting was not that bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you gotta admit, dude. What can you get for a dollar fifty these days? Fucking nothing, dude. <laughs> you get a fucking <laughs> you get a fucking watered down version of Pet Cemetery with a horrible cover at the end of uh, I meant to the look, Ramones. I meant to look up who covered that. Oh, we'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, so Jared and I uh, went to the dollar fifty show to see the remake of Pet Cemetery, and. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into like our thoughts about that, but overall, I mean, what did you think of it? For people who haven't seen it, who might be thinking about going to check this out, I don't know. How do you feel about remakes in general? How do you feel about the original one? And how do you feel about new horror movies? Okay, let me just say that um, as far as the original one, I, I hate remakes. Just let me throw that out there. I can't stand remakes. I think it's fucking pointless, especially when you're remaking something from the '80s. Like, if you're going to remake something, remake something from the 50s, right? Mm-hmm. But with this one, uh, it straight away a, lo- a little bit from the original as far as, like, they changed a couple things around, but the original was way fucking better. And the original, to me, is iconic. It's It's a great fucking movie, you know, and it came out, like, at a good time. I don't know. In in contrast, I would take the original over this one, of course. I mean, yeah. I uh, honestly did not mind this one until it got to like the last quarter of the movie. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it started losing me a little bit. And then I was like, okay, here's the new shit. Yep. Yeah, because it was 100% just like any other new fucking horror movie. Yeah. By the time it got to that like last quarter of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, the dialogue just went took a dive for the worst and the fucking they're pulling out fucking shit that they did in movies from like 99 that were horrible when they did it then yeah once once um i don't want to spoil anything but once it turned from pet cemetery to the ring <laughs> that i started losing interest but um yeah i uh for a dollar fifty, I definitely would have went and seen this movie. I wouldn't have seen it like it's opening weekend or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, it's not the worst remake or worst movie I've ever seen. I mean, if you want to get into like the worst remake ever made, besides Nightmare on Elm Street, I would say The Fog was really fucking terrible. Fog the, was bad. The Black one Christmas. Black Xmas. Yeah, yeah. Black Xmas. That was fucking atrocious. And I just recently, within the last three years, watched the Prom Night remake. <laughs> and that was fucking awful, dude. That was basically Urban Legends with a slasher running around. It was stupid. It was dumb. But, <laughs> but wasn't Urban Legends a slasher? Wasn't Urban Legends a, an Urban Legends with a slasher running around? Was it? It was like, it wasn't Urban Legends like a fucking uh, 90s, like late 90s, mid 90s slasher? Oh, I don't know. I just thought it was like a bunch of happenings. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. It was like, oh, don't fucking drink Coca-Cola and... Well, I thought that was like a whole premise was that movie was they built it kind of around Urban Legends, but it was like a killer kind of... Like, almost like organizing it all, making it all happening. 
knocking people off. Oh, maybe maybe I'm thinking of something else then. Maybe I'm thinking of like fucking I know what you did last summer or something or uh, I, I don't, don't know. know. I will say that I kind of glazed over a lot of those 90s post scream slashers or yeah. post scream horror movies in general. I would have to say that the person you'd want to hit up for those if you wanted to like maybe check a couple of them out would be our buddy Mitch that we hung out with last weekend. Yeah. Yeah, because he said that like they're so bad that they're good. And he comes from a different generation than we do. Yeah, sure he looks things a little different. Yeah. I was talking about Friday the thirteenth films. Yeah, and you know, he he said that he's watched like all of those. Like late nineties, early two thousands. He goes, That era of slasher movies was like a really bad dream, like kinda like new metal. <laughs> like bad new metal. Which makes sense, you know. It's like the Primer 55 of slasher movies. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that was fucking atrocious. What a time to be alive with your fucking <laughs> trip pants. and Oh, goodness. But, uh, yeah, so we did that. We we sat through it, and it was okay. It wasn't bad. I, I would definitely take the original over this one, obviously. But Yeah. Um, I will say this, though. I enjoyed this movie more than... Any Rob Zombie movie. Hmm. Any of them. Name any fucking Rob Zombie movie, and I actually like this one better. Even fucking House of a Thousand Corpses, which will probably be the only movie that I like that Rob Zombie's ever done. Have you seen El Super Beast, though? The animated one? No. It's not bad. I would imagine he did all the animation for it. Uh, Honestly, I can't even remember. Because he's a killer artist? Yeah. He probably did. I wouldn't be surprised if he did the initial like character drawings. Yeah, because he did like that whole sequence in Beavis and Butthead Do America when they were on peyote and shit. Like he's really good at like yeah drawing demons and like crazy shit. Shit just flipped through anything white zombie. Oh yeah, yeah. Even the inlays of their fucking of their CDs and cassettes back in the day had some really good artwork. But I, I enjoyed this more than anything that Rob Zombie's ever done. And that's saying not that much. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but uh, did you want to add anything else on this pet cemetery thing? Because uh, no, I mean that, that's pretty much it. Like they did a couple of twists and turns. You can tell they made it for uh, fans of the original. Yeah. So they kind of switched some shit up, so you don't. They you, know, threw, you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, so you can't predict the movie all the way through. Yeah, yeah. They threw a couple curveballs in there for sure for anyone that's seen the original one, where you're you're like, oh, this is going to happen now, and then it doesn't happen. So it's like, yeah, they threw more in there than I thought they would. Yeah, because they always kind of change it up. They always kind of do their own thing with it, but they they kind of changed up some parts way more than I thought they would. Yeah, me too. Yeah, kind of threw me off guard, but. Um, they definitely tried to tip their cap to the original. I think they tried to, you know, and then bring something fresh to the table, like not just clone a fucking movie from the eighties, but like try to like throw in some twists for like fans of the movie, you know? So, um, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad, but I, I would recommend checking it out if you can uh, get it for free or if you can, uh, or if you want to pay the dollar, or whatever dollar fifty at the dollar show and 
If it's playing at a dollar show near you. Yeah, then check it out, man. It's what are you gonna lose out on? A fucking dollar fifty, you know? No, I honestly wasn't even sure that that dollar theater was still fucking open. Yeah, I drive past it every day before work, and I happened to look up at the marquee and seeing that Pet Cemetery was playing. So I was like, man, fuck it, let's go check it out, man. But um, yeah, this uh, this this week. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the 1979 sleazy fucking New York slasher movie, The Driller Killer. I can't wait to get into that. <laughs> it's going to be fucking awesome. But before we get into that, what have you been jamming, dude? Um, I don't know. I kind of, uh, kind of dipped back into like power violence shit for this last week. Excellent. Yeah, I was listening to a bunch of uh, lack of interest. And then... Uh, to the point, which is basically lack of interest 2.0. Right on. Um, dipped into a little cave state. Cave state rules. Fucking uh, just having a few beers one night. Just started watching some old Abe Lincoln videos. Yeah. Fucking uh, got felt felt a little nostalgic. Nostalgic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's cool. And then uh, I found this band that I, I kind of wish I knew about before. Fucking uh, Blank Spell. Yeah, we jammed those guys when we got home from the theater. They were fucking cool, man. Yeah, yeah. They kind of um, almost had the same type of guitar tone as uh, and style as Devilmaster. Right. Uh, female vocals that kind of sound like Vice Squad. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you know who Vice Squad is. Um, but it's it's really, I don't know, I really dig it. Yeah, I didn't mind it. It was, it was different. It was, you know... A little bit of a departure from what I'm used to listening to, but it wasn't bad. It was I liked it. We jammed it a lot. It's cool. Uh, for the most part, I mean, it's been outside other outside like the other shit, normal shit, normal shit that you normal jam. shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, we jammed uh, "Fuck on the Beach." Yeah, um, yeah. Tonight, which was pretty cool, and some old maiden and shit. Um, the elephant in the room on this end of the fucking table. Is that yesterday the new St. Vitus album came out. And I just want to say that, like, this album is not going to blow anybody's doors off. If you're not a fan of this band, you're not going to like the album because it sounds like St. Vitus. If you do like the band, you're probably going to go into this expecting to hear old St. Vitus, but it's way different. Scott Riegers is back behind the mic. Wino's not in the band anymore. He's, like, back with the Obsessed. Um... It's it's good. It's a good album. Uh, it's no mournful cries or you know, die healing or anything. But it's it's new and it's something you know new to listen to and jam. So that's cool. Uh, so I've been listening to that for like a day and a half now. But uh, I just can't. I can't do it. No, a lot of people can't. I can't it's, get into Saint Vitus the way like everybody is. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the of their work and. You know, any singer, any decade, but you know, it's just it's not for everybody. You know, like I, I'll listen to some slow crushing doom. Yeah, but listening to the Saint Vitus, it's like that weird. It's like in a weird spot, where it's like yes, it's slow, but it's also way too repetitive. Yeah, and like I don't even I, I don't know. It's just something about it. I've seen him like twice, and he both times <laughs> I'm like, okay, here's the like one or two awesome songs and then like there's like a song that just puts you like almost in a trance because it's just super fucking repetitive 
<laughs> and like monotone. Like I don't even know how to fucking say it, but it's. I'm like I can't. I don't. I can't do it. Don't know how everybody can, but everybody like worships this fucking band. Yeah, they're uh, they're a blueprint band. They they kind of paved the way for a lot of bands to like, you know, I don't know, take from what they did, kind of like Sabbath. And all they ever tried to do was sound like Black Sabbath, and I think they pretty much nailed that because St. Vitus sounds like Black Sabbath, but in their own way. Black know. Sabbath is not as boring as St. Vitus is. No, because St. Vitus are, were complete burnouts. You know what I mean? Like, complete burnouts, man. When I met those dudes, they're on a different level, man. They did way too many drugs. They fucking... They're cooked. They're overdone, man. But, you know, they're still making records. Remember we like were bullshit with Wino at the bar that one time? Yeah. He just started telling us some random fucking story. Yeah, <laughs> about being in a hotel room helping his buddy get rid of some shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And, like, I tried to, like, say what's up to Mark Adams, their bass player, dude, and he just didn't even know what venue he was at. And I'm like, this is fucking <laughs> awesome, man. Like... <laughs> This is pretty cool, but uh, it's music for burnouts made by burnouts. It's that's just the way it is, man. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I dig that band, and like I said, they're not for everybody. But check out the new album if you haven't. It's self-titled. It, it came out yesterday. I don't so. see how somebody who could get busted for meth can play music that slow and repetitive i don't know man but you know he's multi-talented he can do he's got a garden and shit he's got like a full family all his kids look exactly like him and have the same length hair he's fucking wino dude but <laughs> the documentary where he's walking through walking you through a garden like drinking a beer at like one in the afternoon and he just picks up an acoustic guitar and starts playing like doom riffs it's like this guy's my fucking hero dude <laughs> but uh yeah so th there's that and then like on the way over here today it was a really nice day and i had the windows down and i was jamming witchfinder general just fucking blasting that shit dude i don't know i death penalty uh, yeah yeah shit's great man i've really been listening to a lot of fucking hooded menace uh like never cross the dead um and then everything else is just old shit that I'm rehashing. Like Stone Jesus, Wind Hand, e Egypt, Sleep, shit like that. I've been getting into the stoner doom kind of stoner rock shit lately. I don't know why. And then I was telling you earlier, um, and then I'll close with what I've been listening to, that like I don't really know too much about my friends' personal lives, but I guarantee you I listen to Judas Priest more than you. <laughs> whoever you are out there I don't know who needs to hear this but I listen to Priest more than you now not always just recently I'm listening to Priest like night and day at work after work before work in the shower I fucking love Judas Priest dude so just want to throw that out there feel yeah. that other than like Nostradamus and I haven't been jamming the Ripper Owens stuff either so I mean just the classics. Oh, yeah. But um, what have you been watching, man? Uh, fuck. 
basically nothing. Nothing, just, just sitcoms. Nothing. I've been sitcoms. Fucking no, yeah. I just basically been coming home, and then when I go to sleep, and I just put on like some type of sitcom to fucking just loop while I go to sleep. <laughs> Every time I come over, there's a sitcom on. I hear a laugh track and shit. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? That's man? how you know I'm really not paying attention to the TV. Yeah. I just put something on for background noise that is going to be a constant like. It's gonna like go on to a next another episode. It's gonna fucking loop. Like I don't need to worry about it. Yeah. I usually put them on while I'm working. Yeah. Like it's just it's just background noise. The last two times besides today that I've come over, Scrubs was on. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> there we go. Uh, which is cool. That's cool, man. Um, just a handful of movies for me, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I watched The Gate today. Okay. I love that movie. Uh, the original Halloween. I've watched that movie four times in five days because it's been in my VCR and I haven't taken it out. I just hit play. So I've been watching Halloween fucking all week. And then The Exorcist 3 I watched uh, a couple days ago. I love that movie. And then John Carpenter's The Fog. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, oh, actually, I do remember putting in a movie. I watched Lost Highway. Yeah, you did last week. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that movie. I haven't seen it forever, though. It's all about that sax solo. Yeah. It makes the movie. <laughs> the movie fucking rules, man, but I haven't seen it in, like, ten years at least. It's been that long. Yeah. <clears throat> I just remember that movie being really creepy and just off the wall. I actually pulled out, like, a stack of all my Lynch movies and have them sitting next to my uh, TV. Excellent, yeah. And I only got around so far putting in <laughs> Lost Highway. Lost Highway. Yeah, definitely. Do you have Mulholland Drive? Yep. I was digging around. I thought I had Alien Empire, but I don't think I do. No, you never own that. Yeah. I was always wanting to watch it with you because you've never seen it. Yeah, I thought I had it. I was fucking like digging around. I went through like every row of movies and all the random stacks I have. Yeah. That she just hasn't got put away. And I'm like, fuck, I guess I don't have it. Yeah. Uh, Inland Empire is really good, though. That's up there as one of my favorites, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's his last movie that he did. Before you got into the Twin Peaks thing again. Um, but it's like, it's a mixture of like The Lost Highway and like Mulholland Drive. It's a, it's a really tripped out fucking weird movie, man. It's it's cool though. Laura Dern's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, What's His Face is in it. Um, that's in fucking all of his movies. Uh, the older guy. Can't remember that dude's name. Harvey something. Um, but he's in like every, he was in Eraserhead. Uh, he was the uh, the dad in Pretty in Pink. Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his fucking name for for some reason, but he's been in like every David Lynch movie. He's in it, and um, a couple other people that are in and out of you know Lynch movies are in it. It's good, but um, yeah, that's that's all I've been watching, man. Um, but if you want, man, we can get into this. Uh, this awesome movie. Yeah, we can do that. Unless you have some more notes, man. Dude, I got I got nothing other than what we were listening to and uh, the the nothingness that was what I've been watching. Yeah. Well, and that's pretty much all I got, other than this fresh beer. That's oh yeah, it's, it. it's delicious. It's good. Yeah, we're drinking a uh, PBR and Jim Beam tonight, so that's cool. Yeah, dude, they're fucking cracking open some hams cans. Oh, yeah, I meant in, uh, to bring that up. In the fucking uh, Pet cemetery, Mick. Yeah, they were drinking hams. And I didn't realize how old John Lithgow is now. Yeah. 
I mean, Harry and the Hendersons was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can tell. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he was in, he's in it. He's uh, Judd, the, you know, the Fred Gwynn. Is that his name? The original? I can't remember his From name. the Monsters? Sure, that's his name. Fred Gwynn. Uh, his, John Lithgow plays his character in the remake. But, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're throwing it back to, like, 1979. Uh, one of the video nasties, uh, the Driller Killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's public domain now. But that doesn't mean that the movie does not rule. Because it really fucking does. Yeah, this is a... Depending on how you want to look at it, the director Abel uh, Ferreira. Yep. This is. People look at this as his first directorial debut, but he like directed a porn. Okay. Like three years prior, called Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy. Sweet. That was his first directorial debut. Well, and I feel that needs to be remembered. Broke into the scene. Well, that's like a lot of people don't realize that about Sylvester Stallone, dude. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, before long before Rocky, he was in porn films. Like, that's where Italian Stallion came from. Uh-huh. And, like, Rocky like, <laughs> came from that. Yeah, man. Didn't his brother do porn, too? I'm not sure about that. I know he was a singer. I thought, for some reason, I always thought of his like, brother did porn, too. I don't know. Maybe he that's was... just something that you hear when you're, like, fucking middle school. Yeah. Uh, Frank Stallone? Yeah. No, he was a singer. Like, he did some duets and shit. Did some porn duets. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Stallone, we're turning your room into the computer room. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this, uh, this movie, uh, the one thing that stands out the most about this movie is it's got, like, punk attitude. Yeah. I mean, down to the way it's shot, down to the dialogue, down to the way people live in the fucking lofts of of New York. It's just like punk as fuck, man. There's just people like fucking drinking out on the streets and like. It was shot in his uh his apartment. Okay. Yeah. So it was like his apartment and just like streets around his area, and it was like shot on the weekends and shit. So it was pretty much like his life. That's cool. I didn't know For that. For the most part. Okay. Um, but yeah, it just has that really nice fucking dingy New York vibe to it. It's sleazy as fuck, dude. Which I mean, it's the same vibe his other movie he did after this has, uh, Miss Forty Five. Oh fucking that movie rules! Yeah, it's just he was he was able to capture that. Yeah, yeah. Fucking feeling that was it was great. Yeah, it's uh, it's good, man. It's like the. Uh, what do you call it? The uh, the vibe from this movie is definitely New York, mm-hmm. and it's it, there's good music in this too. It's like I don't know if like most of the bands or the music that's played in this movie are from that local scene. Like I don't know if he just found these bands and was like, "Hey, do you want to be in a movie?" Yeah, I actually don't know who the like the real life bands are. Yeah, because all, all the the only ones that that's credited is the Tony Coca Cola and the Roosters, which is I'm assuming the band that moved in next to him that was driving him absolutely fucking nuts. It's probably that that's probably the actual band they had for the movie. Then, in my assumption. Yeah, because I mean, they go to the live show and like, 
Yeah, well, no, because they go to a live show and there's a different band playing, right? Well, they go to a live show and the one dude's like even says like we're the Roosters. Okay, okay. Well, because I thought there was two different bands in this. There was the one band that like moved in next to him with the dude that wanted him to paint him a picture. Well, that one dude comes in and asks for that, but he was that that was he was actually looking for a chick. He was looking for one of the girls that lived there, and that's when he started seeing the dude's paintings. And he was like, "Oh, dude, I want you. Can you do something? Can you do something really special for me? Yeah, I can. Uh, I can do my portrait." He was, uh, yeah, he was on. Uh, he was the lead singer of the band that was that was staying in the same apartment complex. It wasn't the Roosters though? No, it, I, no, I don't think so. No, that was that wasn't the dude from the Roosters. No, because the 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 Roosters had the painted faces and shit, right? Yeah, the dude who like puts on makeup and shit. It was kind of like uh, New York Dolls, like television type, fucking band. Right. Which yeah. Is, like the main. That's who I looked at is like the main actual band of the movie. Yeah. Who they're the ones you see with the light doing the live performance at the club. Right. Where everyone's all fucking, just strung out and fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the other band just, I don't know. They make mention in the in the movie that they had an LP out, so they weren't like just a, you know, I don't know if they were like supposed to be like a well-established band in the local scene, but fucking, you know, my man's like, these guys have a fucking record out, like he was surprised because they suck so bad, <laughs> but uh, no, the the music in this movie is really cool and um. I really dig the fucking uh, the homeless scenes where it's just him drawing pictures like of people who are just fucking sitting on like stairways fucking getting hammered at like one in the fucking afternoon or ten in the morning or whatever where it's like actual New York like homeless people yeah you know it's just like he captures like that the one dude is like sleeping and he just pukes. Oh, that's so rough, dude! And the music that's playing like over top of it—it's like this like kind of goofy music. It's just like another day in the life of fucking New York City. It's like <coughs> it's like rough city, man. They're like passing a bottle around and shit. It's like ten in the morning, dude. Fucking uh, Vanessa from Evil Speak posted on your picture mm-hmm. about the quotes in this movie, mm-hmm. like the one-liners, mm-hmm. and it fucking. Hundred percent. Like we talk about the phone bill, Queens, like fucking, man. fucking L.A. Who's calling L.A. for two seventy five? Fucking Miami, dollar fifty. Fucking Queens. Well, that's local, <laughs> <laughs> right? And I also, I also wanted to touch on the fucking pizza that they're eating. Yeah, what's up with that, man? There's like a like someone took like four green peppers, chopped them in half, and put them on a pizza. That was a that's a, that was a fucking New York style pizza, hundred percent. That was just a New York style pizza. Yeah, I mean, it just looked gnarly. And he mouths fucking like eight pieces, and doesn't touch the crust like a goddamn child. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just seen big peppers on it, and like, I'm, I'm like, Jesus, what the fuck's going on, man? It's like, do you want a piece with peppers? You want to ask her if she does? <laughs> it's like I hate you. Yep. <laughs> fucking point blank hits him in the face with a slice of pizza, dude. <laughs> so epic. So epic. Dude, there's a line, though, where uh, at the bus stop, the two dudes waiting to get on the bus, and the guy behind him, like, 
just like walking back and forth through the scene, which is kind of funny. And he's like barking like a dog and barking. shit. And he starts like talking to one dude like he's his dad. And they get on the bus. He's like, all right, take care of my father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that dude's like all up in their fucking program, dude. <laughs> he like puts his head like right in between the two of them. He's like, <laughs> I couldn't imagine dealing with that, dude. That's crazy. But, uh, yeah, there's, uh, like, scenes like that in this movie that really fucking rule to me. Like, it, I don't know. You don't really, you don't get that very often. That's what I liked about a lot of these, uh, like, 70s, almost like exploitation type movies or, like, really low budget, like, gorilla style horror movies. Mm hmm. Is they'll just get, like, some random fucking shots from the street. Yeah. Or just set up, like, gorilla style and get, like, random people being like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, you like get it adds like, to it. It does because it's like authentic, you know what I mean? It's like that's the way people are in New York. Yeah. They're just fucking weird, man. There's just a lot of different people, you know what I mean? It's just like But uh yeah, this this uh this movie uh obviously the gore is is intact, you know, but I uh, I wanted to touch on the reason that this was actually considered a video nasty was only because of the poster and the fucking box art in the UK. Yeah, the the release in the UK, which I can't remember if it was the Vipco one. I think it was. It had um the scene of him putting the drill to the dude's forehead. Yeah. As the cover. Yeah. Like, that's what got it the attention and that's what got it actually banned. Mm-hmm. And the um, it's one of the movies where people credit it for being the reason for the video nasty list. Yeah, because they they said it, the movie would have been fine if it wasn't for the box art and the poster and mm-hmm. what they tried to do to like promote it. Well, I think it was Vipco took out fucking like full page ads using that image. Yeah, that's that's crazy, right? Um, I've I tried to remember. Don't you have a pal tape or a fucking uh, multi region or a regional tape that doesn't play on? Uh, American VCRs that has that artwork on it, um, or I something have, similar. I have the. Is it the Wizard video that had the Driller Killer, or that had the uh, that same cover? You have it. Yeah, I have that. But it's from a different country. See, I don't think I have a pal of Driller Killer. Yeah, I think you do because it doesn't work in these VCRs. Well, I know, but I don't think I have it of Driller Killer. The the two Driller Killers I have are the fucking uh, Magnum. Big box and a uh, was it King of Witches and Secret Lair release of it. I don't mm. think I have a pal that I have a pal of fucking um, Rosemary's Killer. I, I know that I know that you have that. I just I thought I remembered you showing me a fucking VHS that doesn't work in these region VCRs. Of Driller Killer? Of Driller Killer with that scene. Well, I know I got one. With, I, I got one with that scene. You bought it and you didn't know that it wouldn't play in the VCR. No, I don't know. I'm telling you, man. I'm, I'm going to try to figure out Diller Bunder. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the, the actual box art that got this put on the video nasties list is fucking awesome and it's probably my favorite kill scene in the whole movie yeah you know what I mean 
I mean, it's definitely the most uh, gruesome out of all of them. It is. And it's just a close-up of a drill going into a dude's head. Pretty fucking awesome. But uh, have you cracked that mystery yet? Because I don't have that one. You I don't have that one. one. I have the wizard. I got a cheap, a cheap photocopy cover of an actual wizard tape that I bought when I was drunk off eBay. Oh, wow. The tape's legit. The tape is a legit wizard video. Then what the fuck? Driller killer. Like? But the cover's like photocopied and taped together. <laughs> oh, God. I was like drunk as shit. And she came in the mail. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I opened it up. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I bought this. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't um, know. You, you must be thinking of something else. That yeah, I, have. I must be. It's, it's not like, Driller killer. It's, it's, a, it's a pal tape. And it has like... a. a the most vicious. Are you talking about the New York Ripper Ireland? That might release. Be it. I have okay. That might be it. Yeah, where it actually has the scene of her getting her face carved up. Yeah, yeah. That pay, that tape spell. Yeah, that might be what I'm thinking of. The New York Ripper. Uh, the the box art is just a straight up scene from the movie of fucking. It's just like, yeah, like her. Yeah, getting it's her, her getting her face cut up. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. I thought you had the Driller Killer one, but isn't there a fucking Driller Killer pal tape that's like that? That has, like, a fucking scene? Well, there's the Vipco one, which is a pal tape, because English shapes are pal tapes. UK. Yeah, and uh, it's the drill going through the dude's forehead. Okay, that maybe that's what I'm... I thought you had that one for some reason. No, I got the Wizard one, which yeah. is the same image. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I got the really shitty Nemesis video fucking clamshell, but it works. Hey, so. as long as it works, it's a fucking decent cut of it. Yeah, it was like one of the movies that I was really I saw it after when I started collecting VHS. I was like, dude, I gotta have the Driller Killer because I remember seeing it like years ago just because of the name of the movie. Yeah, and then like digging it, and then hearing the fucking scene on the Mortician album. And be like, oh, I forgot about Driller Killer. Hey, what are you, a handyman? You work banker's hours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nine to 12. Wouldn't want to work those hours. No job in the world worth getting out of bed for those hours. Yeah. You having troubles <laughs> with your old lady? Yeah. Uh, the, just the name of the movie made me want to watch the movie when I seen it for the first time. I'm like, the Driller Killer? This has got to be fucking cool. This guy's like going around killing people with a fucking drill bit. Dude, that like screen the very beginning where just like play this movie loud. Yeah, that that's pretty sweet too. Yeah, and just the eerie fucking him walking into a church and shit like. No, oh, that beginning scene. The beginning scene is just like so killer, dude. It's so like eerie. He like he did that a few times with the whole like kind of uh, Christian imagery. Yeah, it's like Miss Forty Five. She fucking dresses up like a nun. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's a. I gotta revisit that. We're we're actually gonna do that movie one of these episodes. Absolutely. Because I, I, I dig that movie and I haven't seen it. In quite I have some a stack time. of movies that I have that I know you do not have that I know are not streaming anywhere that I want to cover. But I keep forgetting to set it up early enough to be like, hey, yeah, borrow this. Oh, because believe me, I went this episode. Would have been Miss Forty Five, if I owned a copy of it, and I could have like took a refresh course, because well, th it was originally what you you had mentioned. Yeah, but it worked out better because we did 
the one before Miss 45, so it works out. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like the Driller Killer, dude? Exactly. It's fucking great. It. But, uh... I never really see complaints. I never see people complain about this movie, though. I never see people say, like, it's a horrible fucking movie. No, and there's not really much as far as, like, critical reception either, like, no. documented anywhere. I don't think anyone really fucking took the time out to, like, <laughs> fucking destroy this movie with a pen and paper. You know what I mean? Like, I think they just kind of, like, okay, the movie's called Driller Killer, there's a guy going around killing people with a fucking drill. Um, what more can we say about this movie? Right. Just you like, know what you're getting into. It's not like it. It's not like it's called Miss Forty Five, and then you put it in or forced entry. Like oh, a guy that breaks into houses. No. No. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of like. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb and say not much of this movie was scripted. Yeah, a lot of it's Probably like scenarios were given. Like, here's the scenario. You guys are hanging out in a room, and I'm going to bitch about the phone bill. Yeah. (laughs) All right, you want a hole drilled into the door. Dude, that But you don't know where you want it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I would have threw the drill at her. I know. I would have suplexed her onto the fucking kitchen floor, dude. He, like, like, held it together so well. And he's like, right here. You want it right here. And then she, like, the final place, when he finally drills the hole, is so high that she can't even reach up there to see out of it. So what's the point? It's like middle left, middle right, middle left, middle center, middle left, upper right. Yeah. <laughs> And why the fuck did she want a hole in the fucking... <laughs> never, never say, never show or hang anything there. Like, no, just a hole in the fucking door. He doesn't question it. He's like, whatever, man. You want yeah. a hole in the door? Yeah. Just fucking, that whole scene just, I don't know. But uh, I don't, I didn't understand why the dude flipped out over the buffalo painting. I thought that painting was killer. Painting was awesome, but you got to remember he's uh, like an art dealer, so yeah. he sees a shit ton of awesome artists. And he was getting at like how, compared to his old works, that this painting is not anything better, and it's not this great, fucking the best thing he's ever done. And he even said the line, "You're becoming the worst thing an artist can become, a technician." Yeah. Which is basically being like, you're not growing on yourself. You're not like improving on what you did. It's just you know what you can do and you know how to do it. And you're just doing that every fucking time. Yeah, you're just going through the motions. Just pumping out shit that you know is like you. But you're not growing and becoming this fucking great powerhouse of a fucking painter. Yeah, because he goes off on him. But that painting's fucking pissed. I thought it was fucking really cool, dude. Like, I don't know. I, I was kind of wish I had something like that in my house. Like, just a fucking pissed off looking buffalo. Like, yeah. that's fucking cool, dude. But, uh, yeah, the the main premise of the movie, if you haven't seen it, is it's a starving artist story. Basically, yeah. With a couple of roommates. He's struggling to pay his bills. He's a, a painter. He paints um, portraits or he does art. He just does paintings. Paintings. Uh... And he lives in, like, downtown New York and sells his uh, paintings. He's fucking stressed out because he 
doesn't have money. Yep. His two fucking roommates are stressing him out. Listen mm-hmm. to that fucking the roosters practice, fucking stressing him out. Yeah, just making him go fucking nuts. He goes out and goes fucking ham on some fucking homeless people. Yeah, with a fucking, fucking drill. drill, with a with a cordless drill. Did you know? Did you know that when he kills the dude at the bus stop with the drill through the fucking the seams of the glass? Yes. Yeah. Did you know that he's using a cordless drill? Yes. The scene after that, when he's running away, there's a cord hanging from the drill. Yes, because you see that actually in a lot of scenes. <laughs> yeah. Those drawers, those drills are fucking corded. Yeah. Even back in '79, like I wanted to look this up because I don't even think there were like technically cordless drills out in '79. I I would hope they are just for the sake of this movie being. I think he was using a corded drill the whole fucking time. Cause like when the fuck did drills start having fucking battery packs and shit? Cause there's that was not. I don't know. The first cordless drill. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I have an old school fucking drill that looks like the one in there that has a straight up cord on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, that's the way we used to roll. Now you got these Ryobis and these fucking Milwaukee's. Got fucking battery packs and shit. Yeah, they got like rechargeable clips and magazines and shit. You just like... Oh, alright. I I am wrong. 1961 introduced the first cordless electric drill. So, there you go. But I don't think that they could afford a cordless drill for the movie. So, they led you to believe that it was a cordless drill and he was just using a corded drill. Yeah, you see, if you really pay attention, you see that fucking cord a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. But that's just uh, splitting hairs. Okay, see, if I, we're now reading a little bit more, the first cordless power tool was unveiled by Black & Decker in 1961. Um, contacted Black & Decker to design tools for NASA. So it was designed for NASA. Okay. So I'm going to say that one, probably we're going to go out of it. But, yeah, no, read more, read more. 65, 68, 69. Yeah, okay. Whatever. We're going to say there were cordless drills around. I don't give a fuck. Just for the sake of, like, the movie not being a liar. Yeah, I mean, they were around. But if you pay attention to this movie, you see some scenes where there's a fucking cord. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because you got to think, he was he's not some fucking, like, he didn't have some studio backing to throw some funds into this. He, was some fucking, he didn't have a NASA drill. You no. saw, you see his apartment. They filmed in it. Like he, he didn't have some fucking lot of cash, and I guarantee an actual cordless drill in like the in '79. Oh yeah, was like as much as a fucking VCR in '82. Yeah, yeah, it was like eight hundred bucks, a grand. So whatever, they still made it work, and it still fucking works. Yeah, fucking yeah. scene where uh, I think he kills somebody, and then he's leaving, and he, there's another dude laying by like the outside of a building like against the building <laughs> he just starts like drilling in and then he turns he does like quick like turn around and then starts drilling him again oh yeah yeah was that in like an alleyway or something yeah it's like an alley it's like up against this, like a uh, a storefront or something there's like glass window and he's like laying down at the bottom I gotcha yeah and every time they do the drill sound it almost just sounds like distortion or like a TV that like when the ch- there's like nothing static. Out of it, like the static, yeah, like <laughs> sh- it's like, sh- sh- 
instead of like the drill sound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of scenes in this movie that just fucking throw me for a loop, man. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like they just mashed a, a bunch of like happenings together at at points of this movie, but in a good way. It's kind of like it fucking works, man. It does. It does. Uh, like I love it when you get people. I mean, I'm not gonna say you don't see it so much anymore, but I don't I don't notice it so much anymore. Where you get people who knew enough about making film and like the good spots where you need to know this shit, but mm-hmm. everything else is just like fuck it, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it this way because they never really were shown like the professional way, right? And you just kind of get this fucking great feel. It's really like almost like I'd say like unique feeling, even though it probably wasn't really that unique, but it was just like it was, it's organic. Yeah, it's like that whole really DIY guerrilla style. Yeah. Yeah, in in the seventies had was chock full of that shit, dude. I mean, especially with horror movies and like exploitation movies, you got a lot of that shit where it was just like, just someone had an idea, and you're getting like the best out of your um, cast because they're not actors or actresses; they're just being what they think they're supposed to be. You know, it's like. Yeah. I'm supposed to be a starving artist that fucking snaps and kills people with a fucking drill. I'm going to own that shit. Let's, uh... The director. That's the director. Yeah, it's the director. He fucking knew what he was going for. Right, yeah. But, I mean, and then, you know, that probably helped with, like, you know, that one chick nailed her role, too. Uh, the strung out one. Yeah. that That's, like, 100% a chick in New York in the punk scene in the late 70s. She's just fucking, like, we don't have any drugs. We don't have any money. What the fuck are we going to do tonight? And then when she does have drugs and money, she's at a show just completely fucking strung out, just done for. Like, you know, like, I don't know. She nailed her part, though, for sure. And uh, the asshole art dealer was was pretty good, too. Yeah. um, I really like this fucking movie, dude. I really do. And uh, I... It's one of those movies where I can throw it on and never get tired of it. But I don't throw it on, like, all the time. Yeah. It's not something I watch once a week, like, say, like, Pieces or fucking The Burning or something. You know, like, I'll I'll throw this on every couple months. I'll be like, you know, I'm going to watch The Driller Killer, dude. And uh, I, was, I was pumped when I actually got a copy of this movie. I also own it on a, a DVD box set. Yeah, what's the other ones with it? Oh, shit. Uh, you're killing me. It's uh, I bought it at the Trade Center, like at a flea market, and the Driller Killer was the best movie on it. It was called like Drive-In Fucking Massacre or yeah, Drive-In. I've, I've seen like those like four packs. Yeah. Like it's one, kinda... one decent movie out of like four. Yeah. And they, I think they all were like, I think it was like The Undertaker and his pals and like, hmm. you know what I mean? That, that's, that's a good, good one. one. Yeah, no, that's a good one. But The Driller Killer was the reason that I bought the the thing. It was like five bucks and it had like 12 films on it or something like that. And I was like, oh, The Driller Killer's on here. And then I found that Nemesis video release at uh, Motor City Nightmares and I, I picked that up. It was only like 10 bucks. Oh, yeah. I was like, all right, cool, man. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, you can't. You just can't fuck with the Driller Killer, dude. It's classic. You brought it up, and I actually didn't know anything about it. And 
I have mixed feelings and if it would have happened. The the remake they were trying to do. Yeah. The only reason I'm like really feeling it and would have been very interested, David Hess. Oh, that would have been phenomenal. They were gonna do a remake of Driller Killer with David Hess in taking Abel's role. Yep. And cameos from other people that were in the original. Yeah. And then people from other movies. Probably people that David Hess knew, like uh, the dude that, that was in uh, House on the Edge of the Park. Yeah, who's also in Cannibal Ferox. And Cannibal Ferox and uh, City of the Living Dead. He might have made a cameo in there because everyone knows who that guy is. You know what I mean? If they would have had... Do you remember who was set to direct it? Did they have that set yet? Or they yeah, were, it, was, still... um, it was... It uh... was... Because depending on who they had to direct that, they could have had somebody who... Andrew Jones. Yeah, they could have kept that like. He's a British filmmaker. I don't know what I don't. I don't know any of his works, but it basically they they just said that uh, they had plans to remake it, and it was going to star David Hess, and they were going to move it from New York to London. I mean, it still could have worked. They could still could have kept like the because London would be uh, could have got some like sleazy, fucking just grungy feel to it. Yeah. Could have been cool. Yeah, it was uh, around uh, 2007 that this was supposed to happen. And the reason that it did not happen was because the financial deal between the executive producers and two people who held the rights to the original movie could not reach, like, an agreement. So two people had, like, the rights to the original Driller Killer. And then the person that was, like, behind financing the remake... Could they? Those three people could not come to an agreement as to how it was going to like unfold, so it just ended up getting shelved and then probably ended up dying on the vine. Well, then David has died. Yeah, yeah. And really, to me, that's kind of like you're building the project around him. Oh, absolutely. Because he was a uh, he was kind of iconic in his own in his own right. Oh, he hundred percent was. Hundred percent was. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was in quite a few. Uh, you know, namely Last House on the Left and like House on the Edge of the Park, and uh, there were some other ones too. But yeah, he was. He was a heavy hitter in like the fucking horror movies from like the seventies and the eighties. But he he fits that role. Like he doesn't have like obviously he doesn't look like Abel. He doesn't have like that whole like super thin like heroin look to him. No, but he fits that like that sleazy aspect of him. Yeah, yeah, he does, and he's got like a dark side to him. Yeah, that he always brings out in all of his movies, where he's like calm and collective, and then all of a sudden he just does fucked up shit. You know what I mean? Just out of fucking nowhere, like I don't know, like because you know, um, Ferreira had that in this movie where he was kind of like. In the beginning, he was just, like, taking everything in stride, and then, like, stress got to him. And then he just started doing fucked up shit. You know what I mean? He just started fucking just murdering people at random. Like after His old lady left him and shit, and fucking... Kills the one dude is the first time, and then uh, he's, like, painting, and she's just reading the paper. Just reads about it. He, like, flips out on her. Yeah. What the fuck are you trying to do to me? Yeah. Yeah, he just, he like, snaps, dude. You know, and David Hess could definitely fill 
that role. Oh, and like more of a modern, maybe a better acted, maybe a scripted fucking driller killer movie. Yeah, probably. I'd imagine it would have been scripted. Yeah, more than this one is because I mean I doubt this movie was actually scripted. No, I think it, I think a lot of it was just like off the whim. They you just kind of set up the scene. Like here's the scene. Yeah. Just here's your starting point. Talk about this. Yeah, bitch about the phone bill for like seven minutes and then we're good. Fucking threaten to cut this bitch because she's talking to your man. Yeah. <laughs> In the bathroom. It's like I don't mind that you're hanging out. I like you hanging around here. When you start talking to Tony, yeah, he's my property. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the chick in the tube top. Yeah, but uh, I would give this movie uh, a solid eight out of ten. Yeah, this movie's decent. I mean, it's really good. It's good for a for a, a now public domain movie. It's pretty fucking awesome. You know, like I always wonder how accurate that is saying it's public domain. Well, it's it's all over the internet. That doesn't mean shit. It doesn't, but I mean, <laughs> the movie has surpassed the years where it can become public domain, right? I don't think so. No? No. I think that that got updated, too. Oh. Well, Pretty sure. Like, there's people that don't Everywhere that I've movie. read from every source says that this movie is now public domain, and it's on a couple of different, like collect movie collections and it's on YouTube so that just leads me to believe that you know what other movies claim to be public domain Night of the Living Dead no well yes but no that's what I'm thinking of House of the Cemetery really go on certain certain lists that is listed as a public domain movie hmm and that's why I do not trust things that say things are public domain yeah (laughs) try to show House by the Cemetery somewhere in public and see what happens (laughs) Yeah, public I refu- domain. I refuse to believe that movie is public domain. No, I don't think it is. Well, that's another one that's a part of a collection that I have that I bought because House by the Cemetery was on it. Yeah. It, it's like, I don't know, man. I, I can't think of these movies. I got the one that's got like 20 fucking movies on it. Mm-hmm. It's got like Trip with the Teacher and fucking... Terror. Yeah, the Terror... And Castle Freak, or fucking, I don't know. And then it's got like, uh, uh, what was the uh, trip? There was Trip with the Teacher, and then there was uh, Nightmare in Wax. Mm-hmm. It's like a but there's like twenty movies on it. The Gore Gore House Greats or whatever. Yeah, no, what you're talking about. I, think I, <laughs> I think I own it. Yeah, uh, Driving Massacres on it. Fucking. I, I always assumed that those movies had become public domain. I wouldn't be surprised some of those are. But like, I think some of them actually are public domain, and some of them, somebody actually owns the rice, but they just do, do not give a shit, and they don't fucking pay attention. Like, a, a movie that I assume is public domain is like, don't answer the phone. I really honestly think that it's public domain, because I've seen it pop up on those collection DVDs all the time, and... The whoever made that movie probably isn't very proud of it because it's not a very good movie. <laughs> or it's like I don't give a flying fuck. Right. Here you I can don't... have this. I don't want this anymore. I don't give a rat's ass. <laughs> this Cute fucking... dog you got there, sir. Yeah. I've been waiting in the car for forty-five minutes, and you're talking to this fucking weirdo. 
<laughs> but uh yeah. Anything else you want to add about the driller killer? Fucking no. Tony Coca-Cola and the Roosters. Check them out. Check them out. They're fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah other than a, yeah, check this movie out. I, I would. I'm sure at this point most people have seen it or I don't know, you at least heard of this movie. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, no no doubt. Check out uh, other movies by Abel Ferreira. Especially Miss 45. Yeah, Miss 45 is awesome. Which we, we will be doing that movie on a podcast in the near future. With Speaking of that movie, do you have the, the awesome release of that movie? The big box? Mm-hmm. That's fucking ill. Yeah. Because that goes for a pretty penny, or at least it did like years ago when I was eyeing it. It might still do it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got that. Yeah, that's cool. It's like a blue oh. box. I want to say that was released by USA, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. USA, uh, the same company that did Silent Night, Deadly Night, and a couple other ones. But, uh. Yep. Yeah. So that's uh, Driller Killer 1979. If you would like to contact us, Website, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are on all those. Find us. Find us. Just type in burnt offerings. Maybe throw a podcast after it. (laughs) There's like weird underscores and fucking spaces and shit, but we we don't need to get into that. There's like some alphanumeric symbols. Uh, Websites, (laughs) burntofferingspodcast.com. Yeah. Facebook's Burnt Offerings Horror Podcast. Instagram is Burnt Offerings underscore podcast. Twitter is underscore Burnt Offerings. Yep. And just to let everyone know, underscore is public domain. Underscore is public domain. (laughs) Everybody owns it. Everybody is free to use it. Nobody owns it, so that means everybody owns it. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. Later.